0: to the Building Ahrensberg podcast. I'm Thomas Ahrensberg.
1: And I'm Catherine Ahrensberg.
0: And today we're going to talk about something that I bring up in my finance lessons with my students at the school that I teach.
1: Not it, Cushman? We're not talking about Cushman not today? Not talking
0: about the Cushman. It was not a big hit among...
1: <laughs> you guys don't want to hear about the Cushman.
0: <laughs> our fan base. Um, it's one of these lessons that I talk about um, when I'm trying to get the kids to think about their future and we talk about how they think and they don't really know because they have to self-examine themselves but Ooh,
1: we love that on this podcast. Yeah. We love a little um, self-examination.
0: How how they think they're going to spend money in the future specifically when it comes to something like your children because mm-hmm. what I'm having them self-reflect on is right, you know, for them currently their parents are buying them things and not buying them things and they are starting to maybe look around and so what other people have. Right. And don't what do, have. what do the other kids have? What what don't I have that they have? What do I have that they don't have? And do you think people
1: do that really, kids at that age? I'm not I, sure I don't think it's a
0: purposeful thing.
1: I'm not sure. I would have considered now we both went to a private high school. So yeah. granted, we were not surrounded by a lot of very needy people. Like sure. that just was a matter of fact. We I knew even then that I was a privileged child. Um, that I was able to right, go to but, a private high school and private grade. There were probably that.
0: certain kids that dressed in the trendiest clothes. So I feel like newest. I
1: knew, I understood it going up, upward. Like right. I always, I always felt like I was on the lower end of those things. Sure. I was never the trendy one. I was never the one with the new clothes. I mean, the way that I shop now. And I guess we'll get into it. The way I shop now is the way I shopped then. My mom would shop for me at Goodwill and very, I don't, we never went to the mall ever. My mother never shopped at a mall ever and I don't do it either. Yeah. Um. And so of course that informed how I, how I do things with my own kids and with myself as an adult. But all that being said, I was able to identify the kids who had more than me, but I don't think that I ever really thought about the ones who did had less than me. And maybe that's a total me thing. Maybe that's a lot of different people's things. I just, I wasn't great at looking around and noticing <laughs> that any that anyone was
0: anything but, but... they had less.
1: More, you know, yeah. Right. You, had it's easy more. to
0: see, and, and I, but I think that's human nature. I think it's easier to see when you don't have what other people have, mm-hmm. but it's harder to recognize when you do have something that other people don't have. By the very statement, we both went to private school.
1: Yeah, and that's not to say that I wish that I had the the stuff that the other sure. people had it wasn't that it was just i knew it you know it was just a matter of All right but even, it was, even but fundamentally you were
0: you had a private education there's a lot of people that do not of course have the ability to have that and i don't know if you necessarily took it for granted but it's probably not something you, you i took saw. it for
1: granted um a lot more when i was a little kid when i got to college i didn't anymore right suddenly for whatever reason i really snapped into understanding
0: Well, because that That was the first public school that you went to. It was the
1: first public school I'd ever been to. And I also uh, was surrounded by people. I was just listening. You know, I was sitting in class, listening to people tell stories and my friends, at you know, at lunch or whatever. And they were just talking. I mean, this wasn't like telling our life story or something, but it came very obvious that a large portion of the people that I hung around were first generation college attendees. Right. And would be their first person in their family to graduate from college. So they were a big deal. It was a really big deal. And I thought, oh. It was not a big deal for you. It was expected of me. Right. Which is different than it being this, you know. Great congratulatory thing. it's like, oh, yeah, expect you're gonna go to college, right. and the same thing felt when we graduated from high school, it's like you look around at your classmates like, where are you going to college? where are you going to college? Yeah, it's it's just understood
0: just, everyone, everyone you just that's ask everybody this school where, they're where they're going, going to, to college, yeah, you just ask right. everybody
1: where they're going to college. It never occurred to me that some people didn't go to college, and so it took me getting to college and sur- being surrounded by people who um either grew up with less than or were you know first generation college attendees or whatever to realize how privileged of a life I'd really led all that time and I was really appreciative for it it was it was a nice it was a nice realization honestly yeah um to really understand I think that was probably the beginning of my journey of a little more of the self self self-analytical right um
0: you'd say you were not like that in high school though that you would look around and say I have these things that other people don't have and
1: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think, I mean, that high school was a long time ago. Like a yeah. real, real long time ago, so I yeah. don't exactly remember. But I do think that, you know, back to what your original statement was and the, the purpose of all of this, I think that our parents are always our first teachers mm-hmm. for everything. Financial things, religious things, political things, um, manners, discipline, all those things are are the things that your parents teach you day in and day out, and so not something right. you learn in class. And so they become such a part of you that you don't even realize, and you don't second-guess them, and you don't think twice about them. And so, you know, the kids that you're teaching in class... Well, and you
0: probably don't even realize that there is another way. Yeah,
1: you know, and you that's don't... That's the
0: only way that you know.
1: It's similar to the example we talked about in a previous podcast where the girls cooking her first thanksgiving dinner, the whole family's coming over. She cuts the turkey in half, sticks it in the oven, someone asked her why she cut the turkey in half cuz my mom did it. She asked the mom why the mom did it cuz my grandmother, you know, cuz my mom did it. Yeah. Then the grandmother says my oven wasn't big enough and that's why I cut it in half. Like we just do things because our family did them and that's how we learned and we don't sure. really ever second guess. And so I think what I would like to put out there, especially with what we're talking about today, which is the financial stuff, is so ingrained in us from a young age how we treat money that, of course, we end up. Now we're we're talking today about specifically, I think, kids and yeah. how we're um, financially um, spending on our kids and the like the choice that we make to say, you know, the separation between I had it, so my kids need it or I didn't have it, and so my kids don't know. How do we say it?
0: Yeah, that's right. So I break it up into two categories for the students. I said, you know, as you look around, you look at some basic stuff. The, the clothes is an obvious example, but you know, a lot of them are sophomores, so they're turning 16. Do you get a car when you turn 16? Because that I didn't get one. A Me lot neither. Of my, a lot of my friends got one, you know, so it was like that was kind of a, a big thing. And By so, the way,
1: the school that you teach at, they keep buying more and more land to keep putting more and more cars right. because every kid is driving a car. That did not happen when we no, were there. it did not. So it wasn't even a matter of you and I didn't drive a car. Sure. I think that it was a majority kids did not, or at least a much larger um, amount of kids drive cars to school now than they than drove them when we were I in agree. high school. And the school is not bigger. The school is no. actually smaller than it was right. when we went there. Right. The, the number of cars per capita at your school is way higher Going it was for sure, absolutely.
0: So you're you're either in the have or the have-nots category for that, if which is all if relative, you're, of course. Of course, if you're in the haves category, you either look at things one of two ways: I have it, it's awesome that I have it. I want my kids to have it. I have it. I felt like I was a spoiled brat. I don't think my kids should have it.
1: Well, on the other side, I didn't have it, so my kids don't need it. Or I didn't have it, and I want my kids to have it. Right. So you can it's, go. <laughs> you're in one you can of two, on two the...
0: categories, and then within that category, you have one or two options mm-hmm. uh, to go from. So you know that's what they. That's kind of what I'm trying to get them to think about. Because, mm-hmm. because, and really, for some of them, maybe you're a have in some ways, and you're a have not sure. in some other ways. Sure. Because, sure. Like you're saying, your parents are your teachers—they're teaching you, or they're telling you—and in. in you know, maybe subconsciously, these are important ways to spend your money and these are not important ways and to I spend think that, your money.
1: I think we also, um in a lot of ways in <laughs> without realizing we're doing it, we push off our um in, acu- in- inadequacies. inadequacies to our children. Sure. Like just mentally. And so the things that we worry about or whatever maybe they worry about too so maybe i mean we're talking about money and finances here but maybe they feel socially inadequate or they feel right. you know i just i feel like we always use clothes and things as being this this um such a drive and i guess primarily that is what we're talking about is things, right? Right. But and not maybe not. It could be traveling and experiences and which isn't a thing.
0: How many kids go to Disney and
1: Right, which is a huge thing right right now. I mean how many kids did you even know that went to Disney when we were kids? A
0: handful, maybe. Maybe. Maybe a handful. Like
1: you don't now people go multiple times a year.
0: Right. With uh, I think it's like the car thing. I mean it's just I don't I don't know that it's necessarily becoming more affordable, but people are choosing to afford it. It is absolutely not their, affordable. For their children or for their families, whatever. I think that what they're doing in doing that is they're teaching their children that is an important thing to us. Right. And that's important that we spend our money that absolutely. way. Absolutely.
1: Sure. And we are not here to say what what is important and what's not. Right. I think the the bigger question is always, and I, I feel like we hit this home every single time, and that becomes the theme of all the shows, is just having that, 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 just step back from everything for a half a second and look at what everything you're doing. What is that saying to your kids? What is that going to say to the future? Like big picture. As a parent, your job is to be big, big picture person. Right, that is your job, and it's well, really hard to see the forest for the trees. It's sometimes. really
0: both though. You're the big person the big picture person and you have to be the day by day. Oh, you guys, parenting is
1: exhausting. Being a parent and an adult is exhausting, but it's our job. I mean, that's that's why we have kids. Is yep. at least that's how I view my job as a parent is that I want to raise good adults. I'm raising adults. Right. And so um you know, my parents were ra- I think our parents raised us with similar financial um I don't know. Experiences. Conservative. Conservative behaviors, I guess. Yeah. Um, We both come from very big families and I think there's not always a lot of money to go around. It'd be a rare instance for, you know, seven kids and six kids respectively here um, to have a a parent or group, you know, a couple parents that have a ton of money to spread between seven kids and put them into Catholic schools and, you know, right. all these different things that we were able to experience. So they certainly sacrificed in order to give us the life sure. that they wanted for us. Um, and nowadays, you see, you've been on the school board before. You see... That there are people who are in a Mardi Gras society, or they are going yeah. to Disney, and posting they, their pictures on Facebook. Struggling to pay the tuition. And they're not paying their tuition. Right. So, you know, I just, we but don't talk. you ta- know
0: the parents, I mean, that's what the parents are doing, but the kids don't see that happening. Though.
1: But that's what's happening, is the kids are, all they see is, I'm going to a private school, we're going to Disney, you know, we're doing all these things. When I was a kid, I was in a private school, but also, we were camping every summer, and we were driving yeah. t- two weeks in our car. You know, yeah, and parents were safe safe saving kind of a thing. Um, credit has become the great equalizer, yeah, and I think generally, um, we don't talk about money enough to for everyone to understand where people stand with money. Do you know what I mean? I think I think everyone looks around at the people who live on their street and think, oh, we all live in this neighborhood. we, we all, all must make
0: the same amount of money right, and spend it the same way.
1: right. and you see a boat in somebody's driveway, and no one ever thinks, like, they look across and go, oh, my gosh, what does Bob do for a living that he can afford that? Right. Bob is up to his nose in debt is the problem. Sure. But what is that teaching our kids? What are you showing our kids about healthy spending habits? Because, um, of course, Americans work ourselves to death. We really yeah, do. We do. We don't take vacations. And so, although I think that's flipping at this point. I think people take a lot of vacations With, now.
0: Well, I think because COVID's, I think it's kind of opened people's eyes. Sure. You know, like, what am I doing? Why yeah. am I breaking my neck?
1: But all that being said, that's all about a balance, right? Sure. And so, since it's our job as parents to be able to teach kid our kids, um, be are their first, first teachers for everything. Right. We are their first financial teachers. And if we're not financially knowledgeable, then we need to educate ourselves and not just do what our parents did because we yeah. were educated by our parents and maybe we need to take a step back and go was that how we should have yeah, been doing so that's, things that's
0: kind of where the finance lesson where i take that finance lesson is that i always tell them there's not a right or wrong way for any of this stuff it's just these are decisions that i make and this mm-hmm. is what i do and this is what your parents do and this is what johnny's parents sure. do but none of them are right right or wrong necessarily yes. just like you have to make priorities And within that, these are kind of decisions that you're going to have to make along the way. But in
1: the same way, don't look around and see what everybody else is doing and go, that's what I should do too. Because everyone's circumstance is different. You don't know how many grandparents are paying for their kids to go to a school. You don't know if they have an inheritance or if they're just in debt crazy or who knows yeah. I mean who even knows it doesn't matter stay in your lane keep your blinders on you do you and do what is best for your children because you are their parent and it is your job to be the teacher of finances and you know all the other things that you know are under the responsibility of a parent which is a lot um, but again reevaluating what you learned from your parents and going is it how I should do things should you know let's say um my parents had separate checking accounts their whole lives and they each had a, they each had a job and they had separate separate checking accounts and now i get married and go well that's how my parents did it
0: right. that's the that's, the right that's way how to we do should it. do it yeah
1: think about that for a second right. is that the right way to do it ask some questions and maybe not even from them maybe ask them maybe that is you go yeah. both ways why did you do it why did you do it that way and maybe there was some reason they did it that way. There was like sure. some tax setup, or who knows. Right. And you saw it happening in your own house and knew it existed, but you didn't know why. And then you get married and you do it too. Why? And then your kids see that and it travels down. Yeah. It you know trickles down. And who knows why we did it? So if we could all just reevaluate the different things. I mean, we've talked about plenty of the things before that. You know, my mom had hard and fast rules about piercing ears and things like that. Sure. And I just stopped and thought, I mean, is that is that important to me for my kid to not have her ears pierced till she's thirteen? How important is that to me? A number, and it wasn't. Yeah. And so when I felt like she was ready, that's when we were. She was able to pierce her ears. Okay. End of, end of that.
0: So let's talk some specific financial examples. Okay. of Things that we've done. Okay. Um. Let's. I guess we'll start with. Maybe things that we didn't have that we feel like our kids should have. Okay. Can you think of any good examples there? I can think of one. Okay. Because we, as we sit in this room with all of our podcasting equipment, <laughs> it's sitting right next to our, dr- our son's... Drum set. $250 drum set.
1: Which is not a very expensive drum it's set. It's not super expensive, but
0: I know that my parents would not have spent that much money on one single item yeah it's a lot of money but
1: we saw that he was very interested he's he's
0: very interested he's very good at it yeah he loves to play it and i think the other ones play on it too
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh not as much as him and it's one of those things to me um and i'll say this i mean like you said we had seven kids it's hard to buy a one kid that's interested in drums yeah um but I think if there was something that like that that we all that they knew that we all would have been interested in, they probably would have. The thing that one thing that does stick out in my mind is they did buy us a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Now it wasn't two hundred and fifty dollars. It was probably like a hundred dollar keyboard from Walmart or whatever. Yeah. We played that thing to death nonstop. Yeah. Sure. We learned I mean, that's really where we learned how to play. A lot of us play musical instruments. That's where it all started for a now, lot of us.
1: I will admit. I was up for the drum set because, A, it's electronic and I can't hear it. So there was a compromise there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I was for the drum set because it's not a game. Like, it's not like a, you know, game console or something. Right. If you'd come to me and said, yes, I'm one of those, I'm a big Gary V follower. And anybody who follows Gary V knows that he is all for some eSports. And if your kid wants to sit in the basement and play games all day and just get really good, that can mm-hmm. be their skill and they can hone it. I'm a thumbs down on that. Like, yeah. I can't. I cannot get on board with that. Sorry, everybody. So, um, I would much rather be him be honing a musical skill, right? Than to be playing a game, you know, a console game. So if you had told me, well, he's really good at playing Mario Brothers or whatever, right. I don't even know what names of <laughs> games are, I would not have been on board. So I feel like this could hone it was a little it was kind of a lot of different things put together. He is very talented at it. And of course I wanted him to hone that skill, but it's also keeping him busy doing something other than playing a video game. Yeah. Something that's keeping his mind it's sharp. It's
0: constructive, as my dad would always say, go find something constructive to do. <laughs> yeah. So my, you know, my I mean, parents that's, would say that it's too constructive, you're whoever I know what building. constructive meant? Well, I always took it like you need to go build something. Oh, that's I don't you know why took I it always, as construction. Yes. Like, okay, I'll go outside and I'll take something apart and I'll put it back together. That's
1: yeah, a- that's interesting you say that about building something. I'm not sure I ever would have thought about when they said to go do something constructive. I think it to me it always meant don't mess anything up. Find something to do by yourself that doesn't involve a parent. That you can do quietly in a yeah, corner. Yeah, but a
0: video game does that.
1: Sure, that's true. But we they didn't have my parents did not probably. have those. And see, that's another thing that maybe because they didn't let us have them, that I'm immediately kind of
0: turned off to them.
1: Yeah, because you had them when you were a kid. Yeah, we did. So you're we did. not turned. And
0: I I think it was one of those things. You know, at Christmas, this was the everybody gift. Mm-hmm. A Super Nintendo.
1: I just think the bigger picture, which is, I mean. I'm a hundred percent right when it comes to video game stuff. These kids fight over them. They do. They they argue about them. And there's no there's no, again, constructive argument happening here. It's not right. You're a, yelling because they cheated. Yes. Or
0: your controller analog didn't work. Whatever. It's all
1: stupid. It's all I mean, I hate video games with every fiber of my being and I would keep them a hundred percent out of the house, but I got people knocking on every corner trying to make sure they get some electronics. Like we're <laughs> abusing the kids because they don't have electronics.
0: I so, like yeah. video games. I mean I but I grew up I grew up playing them. So But
1: I will say you're not a big gamer. It's not like no, you're like I'm playing not. you're never one of those like headphones on yeah, I w- uh, I Halo. Never right. You know, that type. Thank goodness.
0: My brothers were though. They They're were. not
1: anymore though. We're talking about look, there's a current situation grown men, forty year old men down in their basements playing Halo. Yeah. While I could see that people are raising babies upstairs. I can't with all that stuff. Yeah. Cannot do it. Sorry, I shouldn't say sorry. I'm not sorry. That's ridiculous. If you're playing eight hours a day on your uh, video game and you have children and a spouse, and yeah, you you
0: got other things, you got other things, other more constructive things to do.
1: <laughs> I was just talking today about how we spend more time with our kids than I think my any of our parents ever spent with us. I think that's kind of a modern, more of a modern day thing. Yeah, I, I think, think it most is. parents these days probably spend more time with their kids, and not in like a helicoptery way um
0: right like i we well
1: it probably seems like helicoptery to our parents i don't know
0: i just feel like i mean the time that i'm spending with our kids i always feel like we're doing stuff
1: yeah they're learning stuff or we're, we're right we're doing something constructive we've spent our whole lives they told us to go do something constructive as kids and doggone it we sure are <laughs> yeah
0: like i feel like i play with the kids a lot yeah you do. Listen you're to really music good at that together
1: you have been listening we to music chores. with the kids ever since they were babies. But yeah, you were, really, you were really good at that with the kids. Even when they were little babies, you would sit on the computer and play solitaire and hold them as little infants, yeah. and they would listen to music with you. I really do think that that's probably what's what stemmed That's why they there. love music. Yeah. I, I really do think that's why I yeah, love music. Yeah, I do music. too. But I, I love
0: music. Like, grow- I've always listened to music. Like I told you that.
1: Who doesn't listen to music <laughs> but, though? No, but
0: I had the radio on my bed. You've heard that story. Yeah, you and threw you it on your brother's brother, back. So. <laughs> Like, no one else had that. I was the only one that had a radio, and a stereo in the room. Yeah. And it sat up there on my bed, so.
1: So, beyond the things that you give your kids and don't give your kids, because, again, I was, my mom was shopping at Goodwill. She was shopping at consignment shops. You know, the most expensive or retail place that my mom would ever go is there used to be a place in Mobile called Solo. Because the prices were so low. Oh, Wow.
0: <laughs> I was thinking it was an acronym for something. No,
1: and I think it was spelled S-O-L-O. I don't think that there was a W. W. Yeah, it wasn't like so low. It was so low, but it was like the prices are so low. Anyway. Wow. It closed a long time ago. It was over where um, the current Michaels is now, I believe. That's the area, like the mall area. Mm -hmm. It was one of those outside Springdale Mall area places. And it was one of those, it was like a... It was like a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx, but it was all clothes. There may have been a few peripheral, like, accessories and things. But for the most part, as far as I can remember, that place was racks and racks and racks of clothing. Mm-hmm. And, man, if I we were going shopping with my mom at the retail store, which was so low, you were in for a day. That was going to be. You were going to put
0: your hands on every article of clothing. She was going
1: to put her, yes, she was going to put her hands on every piece of clothes It was like shopping at a dirt cheap. You know what that's like. Yeah. So many racks of clothing. Can you imagine bringing children into a dirt no, cheap? I could not. Uh, several of them. We to we're buy like clothes. Like to not buy even, clothes. Yes. Not even
0: shoes or.
1: I'm sure there were shoes there too, but like we we're like laying underneath the racks, like yeah. most boring. Get me here. I mean, it was a day when we went shopping. We were going to go solo, and shop all morning, and then we were going to go to Captain D's for lunch.
0: Wow. Or
1: Burger King. When you went shopping, and I can tell you it didn't happen that often. (laughs) It didn't happen that often. It happened so few times that I can distinctly remember, you know, going and eating these places. Yeah. And so she probably, that's probably how she lured us in there. Like, we're going to go to Solo and then we're going to go out to eat for lunch. And you're like, yes. Like, we never do that. That is where I learned the trick of. When you go to, when you go to a fast food restaurant, you get the drinks with no ice in them because they give you more soda. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you you guys serious talk right now, we're going from laughing to serious talk. If you we still do it to this day with our kids, so they're learning the trick too, generationally. <laughs> if you go to a fast food restaurant and you're going through drive-through, of course you're picking it up to go. Normally the way that fast food restaurants work, at least these days, it didn't used to be this way. They would just press the button back in the day for ice and then for right. drink. Now they they have like a button they can press and it does it all automatically.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you know that? Yeah. I it did. is the ice in the mm-hmm. fountain drink. But if you order it without ice, it comes out of the fountain drink already cold. Yeah. And so then you get more drink because they have to manually push the button for it to fill the, the cup all the way up instead of diluting it with ice slash right. wasting that amount of space that you could have been filling cup. it with right. drink. And so, of course, my mom would— this was back when— it probably was before the years of super size. but you certainly got a— you could get a very large drink right. to go with a your— Thirst Buster. Yeah, you get a giant— you guys, Thirst Busters were at Circle K. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> my dad used to drink coffee out of those. That was his coffee in the morning. Anyway, back to the fountain drink— you get these giant drinks, and then my mom would ask for four extra cups, however many like kids cups, and then she would distribute it. Yeah, one big drink. That's pretty smart, you guys. These are the big family tricks that we learned financially. So, um, anyway, back to back to the w- the original subject at hand here, which is, it wasn't just the clothes and the things that you had or didn't have; it was also things like um, investing. You know making money at all. Like, I mean, we were, we were picking up aluminum cans as kids and turning them in for money. I was going to the recycle center with my aunt after we, um, had some metal pipe and things to take to turn in, to get money. So like it was, it was understanding finances and money from a lot of different angles. And it was also going, okay, I'm making all of this money and doing all these things to make money, but we're not spending it on extravagant things. Right. You're 10 years old and you have a bank account. And you want those Deion Sanders tennis shoes? Oh, yes, people. Deion Sanders, 1992, came out with a pair. I was in fifth grade. Came out with a pair of Nike tennis shoes. It was like these days, Air Jordans. Yeah. They didn't.
0: Well, Jordans were popular back then, too. They were. But you... I'd
1: never heard of Jordans back then. I knew who Michael Jordan was.
0: Yeah. I didn't know but about the didn't tennis shoes. basketball. I wonder who Deion Deion's... Sanders, he played football and baseball. Yeah. I don't know how he was marketing to you.
1: Everybody had, in my, I don't know, and the girls were wearing them, too. It wasn't just boys, yeah, which I guess Air Jordans are worn by boys, too. I mean, girls, too, right?
0: Yeah. But now? I think that they're targeted.
1: More toward boys?
0: Boy, I mean, definitely back then, it would have been boys playing basketball. I mean, that's what they. Yeah. Now they're more people wearing sort of like as designer shoes, almost. They you wear guys, them out.
1: Let's just say this: in 1992, I was in fifth grade, and this was the dawn of the Nike Air pocket in the heel yes. of the shoe. The, <laughs> I think all the people who probably listen to this podcast are aware of this. I think we don't have an audience I I I remember, all that young. I remember
0: the Air pocket shoes, but
1: those, like those, started then in the 90s. They did not exist before that. Before they were just a foam heel. Right. Then these Nike Airs, you yep. guys, the Nike Air yep. did not exist. Before 1990-ish, 92-ish. So, I wanted a pair of those shoes so bad. And I had money to buy them. They were $110, as I remember. And I would, I don't know if my mom would remember this. I'll have to ask her. I know she'll DM me after she listens to this podcast episode. But I would love to know what she was thinking. Because she allowed me to go to the bank, pull out my money, and go and buy those shoes. And then after I bought them from Dillard's, I believe, I cried and took them back because I was like, I know how much money, I like I know how hard I worked to earn that 110 right. plus tax, whatever it was, 125 dollars. And I cannot; these are tennis shoes I put on my feet. This is right, ridiculous. Get dirty, even at the age of ten, I was yeah. like, this is insanity. So I took them back, and I'm sure she was probably like, Phew. I, <laughs> you know, because my mom was not the type of mom who was ever like. Okay, it's your money. Right, do with it what you want. Because I know your parents were like that. If yeah. you earned money, it was yours. And of course, I mean, of course, it's my money. I can do with it whatever I want. Sure. But she was going to strongly, strongly advise you not to. I don't mm. remember her not advising me anyway. But somehow I still got the money because all my money was in a bank. I never yeah. kept it in a wallet it wasn't anywhere. In, yeah.
0: For me, it was. It was in my sock drawer.
1: Or yeah. Whatever. Right. So that's another thing too that parents teach. You know, do you have your money in a sock drawer? Do you have it in a wallet somewhere? Do you, right. you have it in an account? Is it invested? I mean, there's kids, I think that you have come home and told me that there are kids that you have taught that have bought Apple stock.
0: Well, they didn't buy it, like their parents or grandparents yes, or whoever but had you bought see, it
1: that's the, their parents are teaching. The rest of your right. class is clueless. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Apple stock, like we know who Apple is. But meanwhile, you have parents who are teaching their kids to buy Apple stock or helping them buy it, whatever the case may be. But they're teaching their kids. So financial literacy ultimately is up to you. It is up to you to teach your children financial literacy. It was up to your parents to teach you the financial literacy. And now it's up to you to step back from what your parents taught you. And it's a little easier to do when you do maybe... um, get married or have a relationship with somebody you're living with somebody or whatever so you have to start discussing those things right but it's so easy to live in a vacuum if, if
0: you, it's just you if it's just you yeah.
1: or if you happen to marry somebody who did things exactly I mean you and I have such similar backgrounds right. that there's probably a ton of financial stuff that we were both taught together
0: right
1: simultaneously so in the think 80s it's the
0: best way because it's the only yeah. way you know and the only way I don't know
1: But we try really hard to reevaluate everything and, you know, I think, I think we're less conservative than my parents were as far as spending money. Like, I think that we let some of it go easier than.
0: Well, like the trips and stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're willing to take trips that cost money.
1: Or stay in a hotel. Right. Like, my parents absolutely were not going to stay in a hotel ever. We stayed in one hotel one time, and it was in Dallas. It was the Harvey Hotel. I don't even know if it still exists. But this again, as infrequently as it happened, I remember it very distinctly. It had a pool. My dad was on a business trip. like We weren't paying for it. And so we were all packed in that room and staying in this place. And it was the greatest thing ever. But generally, they would never have done that. And now I'm like, put me in a hotel room ASAP. I I will not camp. I won't do it.
0: Well, we we stayed in hotels, but we would always... Our summer vacations were always to go visit family. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, that I ever remember, like, we're taking a trip to this location. Yeah. So our vacations, a lot of times, we would get in the car and drive A hours. thousand miles. Yes. And so you had to stay in a hotel. We drove from San Francisco to Baton Rouge.
1: I would beg to argue on that one, that Cannons would have been staying in a camping place, camping that, spot. Yeah. It could have camped.
0: True. We could have camped. Could have camped. <laughs> But we would stay in a hotel, and that's
1: <laughs> it's so miserable every time. Look, I have such. I mean, I'm not going to call it childhood trauma. I think it's. Just, I'm. I think most of my family still would be fine camping. It's just how I interpreted the camping situation. I have camped enough. Here's
0: the thing, though: camping's not free.
1: No, it's actually you have not to pay all, all that for a cheap. Campsite, yeah,
0: and then you have to pay for a tent. I mean, I guess that's a one-time purchase, but. All the stuff at the campsite that you would need, sleeping bags, and I don't know. What I mean, are you how, getting at here? How much cheaper is that than just getting a hotel for 100?
1: seventeen people? <laughs> we we had. only
0: had one hotel room.
1: Yeah, right. You weren't going to get two. It for was sure. one
0: hotel room, and there were nine people sleeping in it. Oh my lord! So
1: I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is I don't go camping. It could camp. have
0: been that much cheaper, and at least you find. You know, I remember. You know. I'm trying to think of the name of the company that would make the roadmaps. Anyway, they would come with these little hotel guides.
1: Yeah, or camping and guides. Were, in our case,
0: there were two things that we always looked for in the hotel guide: a pool, swimming pool was always number mm-hmm. one.
1: What was the other one? Free breakfast. Free breakfast. Yes, <laughs> number two. Yes, <laughs> Those
0: are always. So we'd be looking through that thing, and my dad, oh, I think we're going to stop in about a... You know, a hundred miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Y'all start scouting out hotels. and We'd be scouring through that You guys thing. didn't
1: even schedule them in advance or anything? No, because
0: you didn't know how far you'd get in your oh, 10 to 12 hour drive.
1: Very different from how we scheduled. Yeah. And my mom and dad scheduled. They took the triple, AAA guide. Yeah. So AAA has guides or had them for every portion of the United States. So my parents would choose a, you know, like the Northeast coast or um we went up to arkansas One anyway they would choose an area of the united states and that was like our destination yeah and then they would choose places all the way along to get there and to get back to where you would stop along the way at all these different places and maybe that was partially the the lack of hotel or the veering toward camping was we were playing staying in some we were going to some pretty desolate places we went to a lot of battlefields. We went to the Grand Canyon. I mean, how many hotels are there around the Grand Canyon? Yeah, I have no idea. And so, you know, we were, we drove all anyway. She so she would they would take the AAA guide that was of that area, and they would find all the campsites, all the tourist attractions, all the different things, mm-hmm. and they would map them all out. So we knew from where we stayed last night to like you had a destination the next day, yeah, and you had a plan for what you're going to do when you got there, what you're going to see. I mean, she had it all planned out for sure. I did not get that gene whatsoever. I have zero interest in planning the nuances of a, of a vacation.
0: Yeah, we did not. I, as I remember, first of all, I looked it up. It's Rand McNally is the name of the road. Okay, Atlas, the company yes. We use. Anyway. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> oh yes, the Rand McNally. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm very familiar with the Rand McNally.
0: <laughs> anyway, we would, as I remember, they knew approximately how far you could get into 10 to 12 hours.
1: Sure, that's an easy math calculation, right? Okay.
0: Well, I mean, but that's going to put you. You know, are we going to get? Let's say you leave California. I want to say our first stop was always somewhere near the California Arizona line. Now, did you make it all the way to Arizona? Are you a little bit before? You're still in California, depending sure. on the traffic in L.A. Sure, things like those things you can't predict. Sure. So, they knew generally where we were going to stop. I'm sure so my mom knew close,
1: every rest stop we were going to stay, you know, not stay at, but go to the bathroom at. Every welcome center, every...
0: Right. <laughs> felt did very she d- have a Rand McNally? I'm sure atlas? she did.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, we had the fold-out maps. We did not get an actual atlas for a very long time. No, we got the very book, time. man.
0: We had this, this book was... I
1: know. Those were the later days. 24
0: by 36. I mean, this thing was a huge book. Did and We would get entire? our little compass out. You could measure. That's where I learned a, a, a lot of how to do stuff. I just that know kind of in
1: 30 years from now, people are going to be like, what was the name of that thing? It'll be like, Google.com was what we used, people. MapQuest. MapQuest. <laughs> yeah, so definitely doing things different in that department, you know, than from my parents. Um, and then, of course, things change over time, too. There's better opportunities that come along. Every family's different. different. Um, but I think we always have your best basis of your mind in um, where you came from and what your parents raised you. And I I just think that we always have to have an open mind to challenge what that was, why it was that way, and does it work for us now? Yeah.
0: Is that the best? Is what you've experienced the best way to do it?
1: And sometimes you can't do the best, like, ideally. Sure. X, Y, Z. Sure.
0: I mean, the best, really the best for you. It's relative to it's whatever all your situation yes. is. And your your situation may be better or worse than what your parents' situation was. For example, we don't have six and seven kids. Right, we have four. We have four, so... A mere four. Well, I, but that ma- that makes a big difference mm-hmm. in, you know, when we travel across the country if we want to stop at a hotel versus a campsite or buying a drum set for our kid.
1: Right. Um. By the way, that was another thing. What did you guys do for food along the way when you guys would travel?
0: We had this... Giant cooler that yes! sat between the yes! two front seats. Yes, us
1: too. My mom would and pack had sandwiches, bread, mm-hmm.
0: cold cuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would always cut it. the old cold cuts. <laughs> we got some cold cuts. You had the mayonnaise, mustard, ketchup, cheese. You know all the all the essentials mm-hmm. were in there.
1: Yeah, but y'all had to make the sandwiches.
0: In she the car. made them. She made them and passed them back.
1: Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the front seat. Who wants? wants turkey. We got turkey first. wants turkey.
1: <laughs> oh, memories. I think my mom would pack the sandwiches, like pre-make them. I no. swear all my mom did during those vacations was cook. That was it. She'd get up in the morning, have her Coleman camp stove out, and make, like, full breakfast.
0: Well, that's why you hit that ho- holiday and it has that continental breakfast.
1: <laughs> I have to say, that's how I would vary even from how your parents did it, is that now... You can forget about me staying in anywhere probably that has a continental breakfast. Have you noticed that, by the way?
0: Yes, I have. <laughs> Found out this past weekend. You we went to that wedding. <laughs> You're like, no, that place is junk.
1: Well, do you want to tell that story? You want to veer on into that land?
0: So we went to a wedding this weekend and Catherine puts me in charge of... I don't know you put me in charge of it. I just decided I'll book the hotel for us.
1: It was, a, it was about three or four weeks out from the wedding and we knew that... The odds of us being able to get a hotel close to the wedding—we wouldn't be close, right?
0: So that's that's how I did it. I looked up where the hotel, well, you know, where the thing was. I tried to get us to stay at the hotel where they were having the wedding. That right. would have been it the easiest thing, but it was booked. And then, you know, from there, there was a couple close, and I then th- it went out further from there.
1: I remember when you were booking it. I was sitting right across from you, and you said, "I'm going to book the hotel." Somehow my brain heard bre- bed and breakfast, and it I do was
0: not a bed and breakfast. Oh,
1: I know that now, and I do remember you saying we can't get in the hotel that where the that wedding they is. Are. Right, and I think now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure that I assumed since we were talking about staying at the caliber of yes, hotel that like the wedding was going nice to be hotel. at. Yeah. It was a nice hotel, so I figured you're going to book also a nice hotel just within proximity of this place. Um.
0: It's not what happened. I so, picked one that was going to be relatively cheap. That was close. I
1: didn't know. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know how. I thought you said you paid one hundred and fifty dollars for it, no. and you were like freaking out about the price. It and I was, was like, like
0: ninety eight dollars or something.
1: Okay, I vaguely remember you worried about how much we were going to pay, and I was like, "It's fine. I just want to stay at a nice hotel." So you booked it. Yeah. And the day that we went to the wedding was a Saturday, and we got to the city. And we did some shopping because I literally didn't. I mean, you talk about bad planning. I didn't bring anything to wear to the wedding. And so we were kind of going shopping for some things. And we actually showed up to the hotel a little later than check-in time. Check-in's at 3.
0: Mm-hmm. We showed up
1: about 3.30. And I was guiding you, GPS, to no Atlas, by the way. No, no. Rand McNally. We um, had the
0: Rand McNally <laughs> I If for. only.
1: And so I was guiding you into the hotel. And I'm looking at my phone. And we park in the front of the hotel. And I look up from my phone. And I just go. No. Nope.
0: Okay, what was funny is we were driving down the road, and you're like, all right, it's the next ride. And I look, and I was like, it better not be the next Like <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, that's not a great-looking hotel.
1: Were you really worried about it? Because I think that you I would have 100% was... gotten out of that car. I and... would
0: have. I would have. Because, I I mean, I. to me, you're just like, oh, well. I mean, I thought I picked a good one. This one looks like it's not so great, but...
1: Looks like we could catch a bad bug. It's fine. Yeah,
0: I mean... But I remember pulling up like, nah, we could have done better than this. (laughs) It just kind of pulled in. All
1: I said was, absolutely not. Not staying here. And and you looked at me and go, I'm so glad I got the cancellation policy.
0: (laughs) You're like, I just knew
1: something was going to happen.
0: So here's the thing. I never, ever, ever, ever used to get that. But I want to say the last two times that we've gotten hotels for whatever reason, we've had reasons to think that we weren't going to stay there. Kind of like a last minute. Something Mm -hmm. comes up, and I don't know. So, when I was booking this, and I was like, you know what, it's a wedding, it's in a city that we don't know people. Something could come up, and we might not go. And so, I I was like, I'll just
1: we could drive back to Baton Rouge that night or something. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I forget what the circumstances were. I didn't know you had to pay
1: extra for a hotel cancellation. I thought you could just cancel for free anytime.
0: It's like 10 or 15 bucks. Okay, I mean, it's not killer to do so. We're
1: sitting in the parking lot of the hotel, and He's he Thomas says well then find another hotel so I'm looking for other hotels I find the other hotel we cancel you walked into the hotel to cancel it yeah and, and they were we, cool
0: with it they were like, they're like like you hear her check in I said no I need to cancel <laughs> they're like oh okay uh, let me just do this happily <laughs> yeah
1: oh gosh anyway so then we we drove in the other hotel wasn't that far away but it was brand new and it was very nice yeah and we are bed bug free. And good to go. And we had a great time at the wedding. But it didn't have
0: a free breakfast. I bet the place that I booked had a free oh, 100%,
1: breakfast. 100%. But I'm starting to see that consistency. That
0: Although I didn't see you uh, when the, I went in though The, the last place things. I
1: stayed with my friend in Ocean Springs, it was a, um, a boutique hotel. Also did not have a bed and breakfast. I mean, yeah. did not have a um, continental breakfast. I mean, I'm fine with so it. So we stay
0: in hotels for football a couple times a year, usually. We usually travel in the summer for our seven-on-seven tournaments. We usually stay in some La Quintas, Mm -hmm. which are not, they're not super nice. They're not terrible, but they do have the breakfast, which I think is why we do it.
1: I'm sure. You don't want, it's a one meal y'all don't have to pay for.
0: Right. And then for the state championship games, we have to stay in the hotel that the state makes us stay in and they are nice.
1: Yeah. Real nice. So that's our conversation about teaching your children about finances about needs versus wants, all the things in determining how what you were taught as a child, how you should like rethink of it just for a second, if not long term, about how you'll teach your children about financial literacy and all the other things that are your responsibility as parents. It's important stuff, you guys. Step outside yourself. Step outside what your experiences are and try to think step by step to make sure it's the right thing for, um, those little adults that you're raising out there. If you guys have any questions or comments, you guys can email us at building at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook and on Instagram at building And until next time, bye y'all.
0: Bye y'all.